Support for Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center, located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome to Health Matters. I am your host and radio health evangelist, Dr. Tony Weaver. This is the Real Epidemiologist Don't Shake Hands show. Can you say that really fast? (laughs) It was a quote from our main story for the show. Uh, where they surveyed epidemiologists about when they will be doing certain activities. And one epidemiologist said, I will never shake hands. Again, real epidemiologists don't shake hands. Thanks to our listeners at True Talk Internet Radio, special radio wave to those folks at the MSU Ronald G. Eaglin Space Science Center. And before we start the show, as we always do, let us pause to meditate for a moment. We will get through this show. We will get through this show together. Now let's say it together. We will we'll get, get through, through this show. show. We, we will, will get, get through, through this show together. 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 More Maybe. or less. With, the, with me to uh, get through this show together from the University of Kentucky Physician Assistant Program, Assistant Professor Shelley Irving. Hi, Shelley. Hello. And also from UK, the Executive Director of Networking and Infrastructure to tell you how to access Health Matters on the web, Rick Phillips. Hey, Rick. Hey, Tony, you know you can get the audio of the show at wmky.org. That's right, Moorhead State Public Radio's website. Find Health Matters, find the list of shows, read about the shows, but then there's a link there where you can, most importantly, listen to the shows. You can listen to them over and over and over. You can save them for posterity. You can do whatever you want with those digital files. They will be right there for your listening pleasure. If you want to sign up for a podcast, there's a way to do it there as well. And then you can have them delivered to you automagically right after they get uh, published to the uh, to the internet. So uh, again, that's usually about four days after our first airing. Uh, so we air on Saturday mornings. That's usually sometime on Tuesday. Uh, but again, it will be delivered to you automagically. If you know what a podcast is, then you know what to do. Jump over on Facebook, do a search for HM Radio Show, and that is a fan page for your interactive enjoyment. Certainly, uh, you know, leave us, leave us some, leave us some feedback. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like about the show. Ask us some questions. You know, surely in this, uh, you know, COVID environment, there's probably questions you have. This is your way to interact with the cast and crew of Health Matters. Again, it's right there. It's easy to do. It's on Facebook. Just do a search for HM Radio Show. Our sponsor for today's show, the American Cancer Society Guidelines for Diet and Physical Activity. These were released on June 9th. And they do contain some changes. First of all, there is an increased emphasis on reducing the consumption of processed and red meat in alignment with the World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer Classification uh, as uh, processed meats and red meat probable carcinogens. And also, there is an increased emphasis on reducing the consumption of alcohol. They simply say uh, in uh, recommendation number four, it is best not to drink alcohol. Uh, Alcohol increases your risk of several different types of cancer, and that increase begins pretty much as soon as you drink. So rather than saying, well, drink in moderation, they're saying, look, if you don't want to get cancer, then you should just not drink. Uh, I'm going to go through recommendation one and a little detail this fractional portion, and then we'll hit uh, uh, two, three, four, and five, I guess two, three, and four for individuals, and number five for uh, communities. Uh, and our second fractional portion. Recommendation number one, achieve and maintain a healthy body weight throughout life. 
Uh, keep body weight within healthy range, avoid weight gain late in adult life. In 2000, the International Agency for Research on Cancer expert panel showed there was sufficient evidence that excess body fatness causes cancers of the female breast. It causes cancers of the female breast, endometrium, kidney, uh, esophagus, the colon, and the rectum in, in both sexes, but uh, the female breast. Uh, by 2016, they expanded it, uh, the stomach, the liver, the gallbladder, the pancreas, the ovary, the thyroid, multiple myeloma, meningioma, all of these have higher rates in people who are overweight or obese. And then finally, there is some evidence, not enough to, uh, to, uh, for us to decide of causation, that it does uh, increase the risk of high-grade prostate cancer and cancers of the oral cavity and the larynx. So when you look at it, obesity, and we've talked about this before, is a risk factor for cancer. It is a modifiable risk factor. And so their number one recommendation is try your best to maintain a healthy body weight. And we thoroughly agree with that. That is our sponsor, the American Cancer Society Guidelines for Diet and Physical Activity. We'll talk more about them in our second fractional portion. Now, we first, we start off with the numbers. Uh, just to let you know, our, our governor's been doing a nice job uh, daily keeping us updated on Kentucky's numbers, but I thought we would s expand our viewpoint a little bit and look around the world. Worldwide, we are approaching 8 million cases of COVID-19, approaching half a million deaths worldwide. Now, when we looked back at the 1918 flu, uh, the estimates, and these were very gross estimates, the estimates of worldwide mortality total well, were about 35 to 50 million. And so, you know, we're at half a million first wave. Now, second wave is maybe more difficult to manage this fall. Uh, but uh, first wave, we actually, considering how lethal this thing is, uh, could have been worse. The U.S. leads the uh, number of cases. We're over 2 million as we record this show. These are June 14th numbers. Brazil is uh, moving, has moved into second at 867,000. They finally start showing their numbers? Um I think they actually stopped showing their numbers, but uh, the numbers we have say that they're at 867,000. I think that's going to get tricky from there on. Russia, about half a million, and their mortality rate is a little bit sketchy. We're not certain of that. 320,000 in India, 300,000 in the United Kingdom, 250 in Spain, 240 in Italy, and then Peru. Uh, we've heard about Peru did their best. Uh, they, they were aware of this, uh, took steps early on. Problem is uh, not uh, uh, no access to running water for a lot of people uh, and uh, uh, no ability to maintain distancing. So Peru uh, is actually number eight in the world with uh, 225,000 wow. cases as of June 14th. France, 194,000, and then Germany at 187,000 are the top 10 reporting uh, uh, COVID uh, uh, infections uh, worldwide. And the U.S., again, if we're going up on 8 million total, we have a quarter of the world's cases right here in the U.S. Canada sitting at 100,000. Isn't this a, I mean, isn't this for all practical purposes a density problem? And can, Canada's not exactly what I would call a dense country. No, uh, they've got, and the West Coast, when you look at the map, the West Coast has been uh, lighting up. And again, that may be some uh, uh, travel back and forth from Asia early on uh, and some of the population centers. Obviously, it is not evenly distributed throughout the country any more than it is in the U.S. Then when you look at uh, mortality, the, the, this is called case fatality. How many cases do you have? How many of them die? How good are you at taking care of the illness when you get it? 
France, uh, 15% uh, case fatality ratio. Now, again, a lot of things go into this. If you have an older population, higher case fatality ratio. If you don't test as much, higher case fatality ratio. But uh, France is in at 15%. Italy, 14.5%. The United Kingdom, 14%. Mexico next at 11%. Ecuador, uh, uh, Canada actually at 8.2%. Their case fatality rate is pretty high. The U.S. is uh, sitting at 5.6% case fatality. And then the deaths per 100,000 population. How many, what percent of your population has died? Um, The United Kingdom at 62 per 100,000 leads the world right now. Second, Italy, third, France, and fourth, the U.S. We have a lot of cases. We have a lot of mortality per population, even though our cases are not doing as poorly individually as each one. We just have too many cases, and so some of them are going to die. And that's going to translate across any other country that has, you know, 350 to 400 million people in it. Yeah, uh, it is, uh, you know, they've they talked there aren't about, very many of those. <laughs> Absolute true, Rick. And they've talked about, you know, countries that are led by women seem to uh, be uh, 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 doing overall better. I think when you look at, particularly at the example of Germany, at least the first wave Germany, uh, they would they follow the rules. Somebody said you wear masks, you maintain distance, you don't do this. They didn't do that, and that worked out really well for them. New Zealand, uh, they just as we go to press on uh, uh, June fifteenth, uh, they have released their last patient who had COVID. They are COVID free. And it's been uh, devastating economically to them. Uh, they have uh, basically they've stopped uh, anyone from coming into the country. You, you can come in if you're quarantined and you come from certain other countries. But uh, they have at least for the first inning, the first round, have been able to put this aside with uh, only a handful of deaths. But they've not opened back up yet either, have they? No, I mean, not, they to, still... not to worldwide. And they are a tourist economy, tourist based mm-hmm. economy. And yeah. so what they do next is going to be really interesting. Because, you know, right now, uh, well, you can go to, to New Zealand. You could uh, sit in a restaurant, uh, with a, a, go to a bar, go drinking, uh, go to an athletic event, a concert, uh, side by side with other people because there are no cases in that country. But as Shelley said, you can only do it with New Zealanders. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's uh, so there is that. On the other side of the coin, Sweden, uh, I got this from the New York Times. A uh, Swedish epidemiologist who had overseen the country's response to the cor- coronavirus, Anders Tegnell, and I know I mispronounced that, uh, he agreed uh, that he should have taken a more aggressive approach. Uh, he previously defended uh, their approach. They were trying to build up herd immunity first round. They said, look, people are going to get this. Let them get it. And they had, um, in the, a couple of weeks ago, the world's highest per capita death rate. I mean, that's not overall, but uh, um, at least a a couple of weeks ago for that week, the world's highest per capita death rate. So, you know, you've you've got to uh, you look at New Zealand, uh, a a very, very aggressive lockdown, uh, closing uh, and uh, patrolling the borders. You look at Sweden, more of a laissez faire, uh, keep everything open and let's just uh, uh, let's just keep our heads down, wear helmets and and get through this. Uh, Sweden appears to be, at least early on, not a, a good solution. Now, it may be that their ability to gather herd immunity may do something for them in the fall. Do you, you think? Know, do you possibly. think somebody like New Zealand can be? You know, if you lose that tourism, do you think their economy can continue without letting people in or out? 
Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, as, as a physician, I don't claim to know anything about the economics of this, but I think it is going to put a big stress on them, and I think that uh, uh, the accompanying economic insults are going to be really tough to get through. And now, then, keep in mind, and then, I mean, we're really talking about probably a year, 18 months or so. Uh, we've, we've got to find a way to get through it. But how many New Zealanders have family members that live in other countries that they would like to either hey, have come visit or go visit? And that can't happen. And I don't know, just the whole idea of a complete, you know, country lockdown sounds rough. It does. Well, and then, and then what are the consequences of the, the economy doing so poorly? You know, what, there are going to be health outcomes of that, too, I would presume. And so how is that going to come out right. and wash? Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting to watch how that happens. Yeah, there, there's got to be a balance people, between. You know, we're not at the finish line. It's not like now we can look around and see who was right and who was wrong. Uh, this is very early in this, and some people are doing well so far. But uh, uh, round two is coming, and uh, we will see. You how. seem so confident. Well, I certainly don't see any signs that the virus is going away. It has slacked off for the summer, but uh, everyone is worried about next fall. Speaking of going away. Going away. We're going to go away and take a break. You're listening to Health Matters on Moorhead State Public Radio. Support for MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. The Northeast AHEC connects students to careers, professionals to communities, and communities to better health. The Northeast AHEC strives to improve the supply and distribution of healthcare professionals through community and academic educational partnerships. More information is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the second fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is the Real Epidemiologist Don't Shake Hands show. Uh, and we are about to consult with those epidemiologists in our second fractional portion. But first, we have to hit our sponsor one more time. This is the American Cancer Society Guideline for Diet and Physical Activity for Cancer Prevention. It was published in the CA, a Cancer Journal for Clinicians, uh, which is a uh, influential publication of the American Cancer Society. This is, it was published June 9th. And again, uh, the two big changes they uh, pointed out were uh, they are very serious about avoiding red meat, and also uh, it is best not to drink alcohol is the way they put it. So uh, there are guidelines for individuals. There are four things that they mentioned. First of all, we talked about last segment, achieve and maintain a healthy body weight throughout life. Obesity is, I think, behind smoking, uh, the uh, greatest modifiable cause of cancer. Uh, and it uh, has, it affects a number of cancers. We talked about this: uh, breast cancer, endometrial cancer, kidney cancer, esophageal cancer, colon cancer, rectal cancer, uh, the stomach, the liver, the gallbladder, pancreas, the uh, ovary, thyroid cancer, multiple myeloma, meningioma, and then some others that it may or may not be uh, associated with, but they are suspicious about. That is a lot of different types of cancer and a lot of excess risks. So try to maintain a healthy body weight. Um, as much as you can. Number two, physical activity. Adults should engage in 150 to 300 minutes of physical activity per week, moderate intensity. 300 minutes a week, 60 minutes, five days a week. Uh, At least 60 minutes, three days a week. And then uh, you could do vigorous physical activity, 75 to 150 minutes of that. 
And they, they've said, push the top on this. It's not like there is some minimum bar that you reach and the cancer goes away, but simply the more physical activity you have, the less likely you are to develop cancer. Children and adolescents should engage in at least an hour of moderate or vigorous intensity every day and limit sedentary behavior such as sitting, lying down, watching TV, or other forms of screen-based entertainment. And we will point out, health matters may not be much entertainment, but there are no screens involved. Both the uh, World Cancer Research Fund and the uh, uh, American uh, Institute of Cancer Research and Physical Activity Guidelines Committee Reports concluded there was sufficient and robust evidence establishing a link between physical activity and lower risk of colon cancer. Now, colon cancer uh, is the third most common cause of cancer in men behind lung and prostate, third most common cause of cancer in women behind lung and breast, uh, and so overall the second most common type of cancer uh, in uh, both sexes. Um, and uh, that one that is diminished by physical exercise. They can't say what it does for your risk of thyroid, ovarian, other types of cancer. But colon cancer, uh, physical activity is good. And physical activity is, this is a kind of a unified message when you look at heart disease, when you look at cancer, uh, maintaining a healthy body weight uh, and and exercising uh, seem to be good for both. Recommendation number three, follow a healthy eating, follow a healthy eating pattern at all ages. That is foods that are high in nutrients, a variety of vegetables, dark green, red, and orange, fiber-rich legumes, beans and peas, fruits, especially whole fruits with a variety of colors, whole grains. Now, a healthy eating pattern does not include, does not include red and processed meats, sugar-sweetened beverages, or highly processed foods and refined grain products. Again, if your food will last for a decade in the bomb shelter, that is a highly processed food. There are very few natural foods, whole foods, that will do that. Now, we talked on this show about red and processed meats. Uh, There was a panel uh, that has been attacked, but uh, they looked at the, the, um, the quality of evidence, and they said, based on the quality of evidence, we can't recommend you avoid red meat. We can't. There's not enough evidence there to prove that. Now, what they said, what the, this uh, American Cancer Society guideline says is uh, emerging evidence, which is largely epidemiological, but also a few control trials suggest that um, the uh, healthy versus unhealthy patterns are associated with a reduced risk of cancer, especially colon and breast cancer. So what they're saying is these observational epidemiological trials say that people who eat less red meat and less processed meat have fewer episodes of colon and breast cancer. They're not to the point where we can say they, uh, that avoiding these foods prevents it, that eating these foods causes it, uh, because there are a lot of differences, a lot of lifestyle differences between people who eat a lot of red and processed meats and people who don't. There are educational differences. There are other dietary uh, issues. And so this is a marker, but not we don't know if it causes it or not. The American Cancer Society says we've had enough. Don't eat red meat or processed meat. Um, other scientists say, yeah, but you can't prove that. You just suspect that uh, based on observation. And remember our Health Matters observational study. I observe that NBA basketball players have big feet and wear big shoes. It is not true that if I wore big shoes, I could play professional basketball. True. Yeah. True. So uh, that's where the problem comes in with the uh, observational studies. But I, I still don't like lumping red meat with processed meat because I think there's two very different things going on there. 
Processed meat yeah. does have additives that red meat doesn't. Um, and then, uh, uh, by the way, uh, pork is not considered a white meat by most of these dietary groups. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking at is uh, chicken, well, chicken, turkey, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, fish. That would be where you get your meat from, uh, according to them. Could you do it? Could you live on just that? Um, I am not. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I, I guess that's I a do good, like good enough meat. answer. Yeah, I, I am. I apologize to the planet and to all my friends, but I do like red meat. I could go without red meat. See, I don't think I could either. I don't think yeah. I could go without it. Huh? It'd be tough. It would. It would be very difficult. I mean, I think if you know, if I had to, I could probably do more more moderation. But you know, because it's not until my last say fifteen years of my life where chicken actually has been uh, uh, desired. Right? I actually liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Chicken is an undesirable meat. Well, I, you know, I don't. I'm just saying, if I'm in my twenties, if I had the option, it would always be red meat. Yeah. And and I just didn't I just I wasn't a big fan of chicken and it's not that I didn't like it I just wasn't, wasn't a fan. Yeah, you grow up on it. You know, there's a nostalgia part of it. Uh, your taste, uh, world, yeah. and food were developed around it. It makes it more difficult, no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's yeah. So we've got the uh, active uh, maintain a, achieve and maintain a healthy body weight. Be physically active. Uh, follow a healthy eating pattern, and that means uh, to avoid red and processed meats, sugar-sweetened beverages, or highly processed foods, according to the American uh, Cancer Society. Uh, and their final recommendation is it is best not to drink alcohol. It is best not to drink alcohol. They said people who choose to drink alcohol should limit their consumption to no more than one drink per day for women and two drinks a day per men. That's, that, that is what everyone says. Uh, that is supposed to be the level that will not get you drunk, that will not lead to most health effects, but... Uh, alcohol consumption is the third major modifiable cancer risk factor after tobacco use and excess body weight. Um, alcohol consumption an established cause of at least seven types of cancer. And in uh, 1987, an expert working group uh, convened by the International Agency for Research on Cancer first classified the consumption of alcoholic beverages as carcinogenic in 1987. Now, people will say, they'll say, well, you know, uh, peanut butter's uh, been classified as carcinogenic. That That is true. There are chemicals in peanut butter, uh, grilled foods that have been uh, charred, um, those type of things. Uh, there are elements in them that could cause cancer. I think in this case, uh, uh, the, the difference is with alcohol, with obesity, uh, and possibly with red meat, uh, the numbers are much more impressive. That can be a big issue. So that is our sponsor, the American Cancer Society Guidelines for Diet and Physical Activity. Now we, it is time to consult with epidemiologists. Now, they won't shake your hand. What's that? They won't shake your hand. They won't. But we can still consult with them. We just have to maintain a respectful distance. They'll, they'll talk on the phone, right? Yeah, this was New York Times, June 8th. <laughs> 511 epidemiologists. So you imagine this big crowd of socially distanced epidemiologists mm -hmm. raising their hands. Uh, and they asked them, when did they expect to resume 20 activities of daily life, okay. uh, assuming the pandemic and the public health response unfold as they expect? And so here are activities that they might start doing soon. Bringing in the mail without precautions, 64% said, yeah, we'll do it this summer. Do you done take precautions it. on the I've mail? I've done it. You've, you've already done that? I've already done that. Yeah, Rick? No. You have precautions or you don't use precautions? No. no. I'm going to let you just, just put just, that no, no wherever Rick, it works Rick, best. Put Rick he down for a no. Get mail. <laughs> Rick doesn't get mail. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking about snail mail, right? My yeah, email, yeah. You know, 
Yeah, packages and things like that. We still do a quarantine just because we can. You know, so if it's something we don't need right away, we just put it away uh, for a couple of days. Uh, get our 72 hours in, and then uh, we use it. But still, uh, they said, yeah, this summer we'll stop uh, doing that. See a doctor for a non-urgent appointment. 60% said, yeah, we'll do that this summer. 29% said three to 12 months. Yeah, I've um, done that too. I'm not doing very good. I wouldn't be a very good epidemiologist. So you've already seen the, the doctor? Yeah, Yeah, I did. and I, I took my mother to a doctor. I will tell you uh, the precautions they're taking right now. Uh, checking your uh, temperature in the parking lot, uh, screens at the front door, uh, and the waiting rooms, uh, three-quarters of the chairs have been removed. It's pretty impressive. You can get in and out of a doctor's office, and uh, I felt really pretty good, and I'm, I'm a bit of paranoid about these type of things. Vacation overnight within driving distance, 56%. Now, we're down from 64% are bringing in their mail, 60% seeing the doctor. 56% said, yeah, we'll vacation overnight this summer within driving distance. I'm going to do that in July, but it's going to be an hour camper, hour RV. So I don't know if that counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I think take a trip. Uh, again, you're, you're doing that. Uh, uh, they, we've talked about staying in a hotel. Uh, overall, the risk there, if you avoid the common areas, the, uh, uh, the uh, gym, the uh, lobby, the restaurant, and so forth, uh, seems to be manageable, but bring your own sanitizers and wipe that down. Or, as uh, Shelly says, uh, bring your own hotel. Yeah, that you, works. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, get a haircut. 41% said they would do that this summer. 39% said 3 to 12 months. These epi- these moppy-headed, shaggy epidemiologists. I want to meet the one that said never again. Never again will this person get a haircut. <laughs> At a salon or barbershop. And <clears throat> I would say I would be that 1%. Uh, I am getting haircuts at home. Uh, it's not that hard. Uh I I have I, I established a low bar in terms of my physical appearance. Are you going to let me make a joke here? Sure. No, no, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I mean, the joke is already there, isn't it? I said you well, can't do any worse, and so uh, I just she just cuts my hair, and it works, and that saves us some money, and so we're we're happy with it actually. But forty one percent said they get their haircut this summer, and uh, once again, uh, I know Shelly, you you are low maintenance. Yes. Uh, I have not had a haircut yet. Rick? Oh, yeah. I'm going to have a second one this week. <laughs> Just cutting away. I mean, come on now. I mean, you're painting the sorts. We're, you know, I mean, we're, we're wearing masks. We're keeping distant. I mean, there there are certain precautions we're taking, which were a hundred times better than we were doing six months ago. Right. But I'm not going to not check my mail. Right. Well, I'm sorry. Not, I'm just not. I'm not there. I mean, I, I get that we're in a pandemic and it's a problem, but there are certain things that are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm just not. I'm not right. that guy, Tony. The next one. The majority of them said three to twelve months. That is what we talked about. There was the majority. The the, the best answer was this summer. Do, do you know where we agree? <clears throat> I haven't shaken anybody's hand. No. Yeah. And that's. I haven't done that. That I agree with them on that. I have maintained good physical contact. I'm not. I'm not close enough for people to sneeze on me, uh, but and I won't shake hands. Next up, three to twelve months. Uh, attend a small dinner party, uh, and forty six percent. Well, I never get invited. Three to, to twelve those. months. Uh, a third of them said, uh, "Yeah, we could do that this summer." Tony gets invited to them all the time, but we just don't get invited. Yeah, I, I have had. I, I wouldn't call us. He's dinner had dinner party. parties, and he didn't uh, invite us. Well, I. Uh, there you uh, go. I my kids. You know, I had dinner with my kids. That's not a party. 
No. At least not in their eyes. That's, yeah. that's family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Family meal time. So, well, see, my kids live away. So uh, it was, you know, it was a thing. Uh, hike or picnic outdoors with friends. 41% said three to 12 months. Uh, 31% said this summer. Now, I've, I've, done, uh, I've done a couple of hikes with different groups. Uh, again, it was uh, different family members, but uh, I have uh, uh, that live away and, and came back. But we hiked, and, and I feel very safe hiking or an outdoor picnic, I think, mm-hmm. can be set up if you don't share the food. Uh, this one was interesting. Send the kids to school or day camp or, or uh, yes, yeah, school camp or daycare. They said, well, uh, three to 12 months, um, 55% of them said that, uh, and 30% said they, they would, might do that this summer. I, I thought that was a little cavalier. I mean, when you look up there, you know, bringing in the mail, 64% said this summer, 31% said, yeah, we'll let the kids uh, uh, go to, 30% said, we'll let the kids go to school or camp. I guess they, I guess they figured, well, the kids are going to be fine. Work in a shared office. 27% said they do it this summer. 54% said it's going to be three to 12 months before we do this. Shared office is, there. there's a lot of danger there. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Send children on play dates. 47% said three to 12 months. Ride a subway or bus. 40% said three to 12 months. And 39% said it's going to be over a year before we do anything like that. Visit an elderly relative, same thing. 41% in 3 to 12 months, 39% said over a year. I have my mother uh, is at an, a, a, an assisted a memory care facility, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to visit her again. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's, that's everybody who has an elderly relative trying to figure these things out. You know, what's the, what's the risk of not visiting? What's the risk of visiting? Travel by airplane. 20% said this summer, 44% said 3 to 12 months. They might do that. If Rick? I had tickets to Hawaii, I'd be on them tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not sure Hawaii let you in. Don't well, they, no, they, they might not. I think what happens when you get to Hawaii, they quarantine you. For, I'd love to be stuck there for two weeks. That'd be horrible. <laughs> That'd be well, absolutely I think, horrible. I, I think, though, the quarantine, I don't think you get to do a lot of stuff. I wouldn't be in the, I would be in Hawaii. <laughs> If Maybe they so. would give me a little octagon area on the beach, I'd be just fine. All right, but I, I what about so you you would like. fly this summer? Absolutely. Okay. But you know, again, where you're going to have to wear a mask. You're going to have the most of the airlines have adopted a no middle seat rule, right? So they're not putting people in middle seats. They're you know, they're keeping people distant. I you you got to be careful. About it, you you know, don't you don't take your 80-year-old dad with you. Yeah. I understand that. I, my problem with, with flying is, uh, like uh, Shelly said, when you're driving, except for the bathroom, everything else is optional. You decide if you're going to participate or not participate in whatever you see coming at you. I mean, other than a car crash. Yeah. Um, when you agree to fly, you put yourself in a situation you have no control over, a number of situations you have no control over. And so... We talk a lot about the plane. I'm actually probably okay with the plane. I wear a mask. I'll probably wear a mask when I'm on the plane for a long time. But uh, my problem is the airport, uh, really, uh, going through security, things like that. That That is a situation where I have no control over spacing. I have no control over who am I next to, uh, any of those things. And that, that worries me. Dine-in restaurant, 56% said it's going to be 3 to 12 months. I have eaten... Thanks to my kids, I ate at a dine-in restaurant. It was four in the afternoon. <laughs> it was a restaurant in Lexington. Uh, they checked our temperature at the door. 
So they, they were very serious about it, uh, and I felt safe doing that. I've not done it yet. Nah. Um, no. No, I, that was uh, – no, I, he thought I was telling him how much time was left in the show. <laughs> That's how many times I've been to a restaurant. <laughs> Rick has done that. Uh, exercise at a gym or fitness studio, 14% said this summer. This is for the time, Tony. Said three to 12 months. <laughs> Uh, that's just not going to happen for a while. I think, uh, uh, indoor exercises just not going to happen. Well, they didn't happen before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And here's what Rick was talking about. Hug or shake hands when greeting a friend. 42% said it's going to be more than a year. 6% said never again. Attend a wedding or a funeral. Uh, 41%, three to 12 months, 42% a year. Well, they'll have at least one in their future. Yeah. Go out with someone you don't know well. That is a date. of epidemiologists will date in the next 12 months. 42% more than a year before they'll date. Stop routinely wearing face covering. 52% says it's going to be more than a year. Stop talking on the radio. Well, that's us. 100%. We're going to take a break and come back with our third and final fractional portion. You're listening to Health Matters on Morehead State Public Radio. Support for MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. The Northeast AHEC connects students to careers, professionals to communities, and communities to better health. The Northeast AHEC strives to improve the supply and distribution of healthcare professionals through community and academic educational partnerships. More information is available online at neahec.org. Hello and welcome back. This is the third and final fractional portion of Health Matters. I'm Rick Phillips. I'm Shelley Irving. I'm Dr. Tony Weaver. This is the Real Epidemiologist Don't Shake Hands show. Neither do we. No. Uh, that's one. I'm, I am happy to bury that. Uh, I, I would bow. I would, uh, I don't know, clap my hands never together. Again, never to- again. T- there is that. nothing that Tony enjoyed more than be sitting there eating a nice lunch and somebody walk up and want to shake his hand. I mean, we had all these luncheon meetings and things, and people would always come up. And, and at that point, you can't recover from that. There, there's, you know, you have to say, well, you, you know, as soon as you meet someone, they sit down, you get up, you head to the bathroom to wash your hands. It, it doesn't work that way. I mean, it's just, it was a terrible thing. Happy to see that go. Um, hugs. I was pretty big uh, hugging. You never hugged me. Somebody. I'm not a hugger. He well, never I, hugged I tried me. To hug you. We've I been just, together 20 years. He's never hugged me. Well, I started. I just ran out of hug before I finished. See, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty excited about the no hugging thing. That bothers you, hugging? No, I'm just not a hugger. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my two distant uh, uh, co-medical hosts here. Uh, I'll, I will I will carry on for the, the group then. Uh, just stay over there. Yeah. Fair enough. Our sponsor, Final Time, American Cancer Society Guidelines for Diet and Physical Activity. Just a reminder, these were released June 9th, and they do have some changes. First of all, their number one recommendation, achieve and maintain a healthy body weight throughout life next to cigarette smoking, which, I mean, they don't even bother to recommend. Well, this is diet and uh, physical activity. Uh, That's why. But at any rate, number one thing you can do uh, above all else is uh, to not smoke. But then uh, uh, their number one is achieve and maintain a healthy body weight throughout life because obesity has been... Uh, linked in a causative. I mean, there's enough evidence that this causes uh, breast cancer, endometrial cancer, kidney cancer, esophageal cancer, colon and rectal cancer, uh, liver, gallbladder, pancreas, ovary, thyroid, multiple myeloma, meningioma. Obesity next to smoking uh, is the greatest modifiable risk factor for cancer. Uh, 
Uh, number two, be physically active, mainly your risk of colon cancer, but it follows the uh, um, American College of Cardiology, American Heart Association guidelines of uh, being physically active for an hour a day, five days a week, if you can do that. Um, number three, follow a healthy eating pattern. We talked about that. Uh, lots of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, uh, and high nutritional food. Avoid red and processed meats. Avoid sugar-sweetened beverages. And nobody uh, thinks that, that sugar-sweetened beverages are a good idea. And these are, again, uh, the uh, fruit juices, which uh, sound like they might be good, but they're not. Uh, all those sugar-sweetened drinks, uh, they, and that includes uh, sugar-sweetened uh, colas. So, so, Tony, you know, when I was young, my grandmother used to always tell people I was a healthy eater, but I, I, I didn't know what it meant until now. Yeah. I always thought it just meant I ate a lot. Well, you, 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 uh, you may have been husky. I don't know uh, at the time. I've, I've seen pictures of you in high school. You were not husky. You were big. Oh, for, compared to high schoolers, I was not small. Yes. Uh, compared but, uh, to now, I was tiny. Yeah, but you were a roller skater. <laughs> I mean, we, we talked about it over and over again. Sure. You were a very good roller skater. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you say so. Wait a minute. You probably say so because I said so once. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're probably, probably right. right. <laughs> but at any rate, the uh, it's not the, something I like to tell because you know it. It was much cooler when I was fourteen and thirteen. Yeah. It's not as cool when you're you know in your fifties. Yeah. But well, uh, actually, that's not true. It's, it was it was not cool when you were in your thirties. Right. And when now, you're in your fifties, it's kind of cool because yeah, most people you don't could be realize that gray-haired man that's uh, in all yeah. the retirement commercials that but, you're uh, off yep. roller skating while everybody else is sitting in front of TV. Before I head off to my tub. Yep. I guess so. At any rate, uh, <laughs> you just got that, didn't you? <laughs> Rick, Rick, the the side by side bathtubs made an indelible <laughs> image on Rick, and his idea at this point of of sexual satisfaction. It's the beautiful sunset, two Tony. Bathtubs. It's not anything other than they're sitting there watching a beautiful sunset. I know, but you think about sexual activity with two separate bathtubs. I mean, that's that's tricky. Yeah, that that was kind of odd, but yeah. I guess that was the only way they could keep PG rated and show it. Continuing on. <laughs> Sugar sweetened beverage, no good. Best not to drink alcohol, number four. And then they did mention number five, and I mentioned this community action. Uh, public, private, community organizations should work collaboratively at the national, state, and local levels to develop, advocate, and implement policy and environmental changes that increase access to affordable foods, provide safe and enjoyable opportunities for physical activity, and limit alcohol. So, what they're saying is, you know, look, these are our uh, guidelines, but right now, society seems really hell bent on making sure you can't follow these guidelines. In fact, to do anything fun, you have to sit in front of a screen with alcohol. And uh, that pretty well kills all their or, recommendations. Or a sugar-sweetened beverage. Or a sugar-sweetened beverage. You have beverage. a choice. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. That's our sponsor, the American Cancer Society Guidelines for Diet and Physical Activity. Um, I wanted to, before we just shoot it down, I wanted to have a brief moment of optimism. Uh, this was June 11th, New York Times. Uh, something to think about here. Um, over the past six weeks before June 11th, this was again most of May, communities have started to reopen. Americans have flocked to the beaches and lakes. European schools have reopened. The number of new cases has continued falling in many places. Now, the news constantly points to hotspots, uh, and uh, we will talk uh, about that. But uh, still, um, overall, uh, our number of cases has remained flat. And initially they said, well, New York uh, has... They've gotten over theirs, and they're declining, and nobody else is. But the truth of the matter is, as you look across the the country, there are some states that are either plateau or declining. 
about half the states are declining as of uh, uh, when I, earlier today when I looked at the numbers, and half are rising. And there are some circumstances where some states are rising dangerously, um, Arizona being how, one. How uh, is Kentucky classified right now? Kentucky is classified as holding steady. See, but it's funny because every map I have looked at or every graph, there's no way to su- suggest that it's not increasing. I've not seen anything that's just flat across the board. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at new cases, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, again, as a part of this article, and uh, I'll put those up on our Facebook page. I've been trying to put some of this stuff up on the Facebook page. But uh, uh, truthfully, uh, there are states that have had a decline. Uh, And uh, across the Northeast and Midwest, the U.S., uh, cases down more than 50% since May 1st. Nationwide, weekly deaths fallen for six weeks in a row. Europe seems to have turned a corner according to Johns Hopkins, which is where they keep all the numbers anyway. Now, there's two possibilities here. I mean, there's a bunch of possibilities, but they mentioned two main answers. One, the virus spreads much less easily outdoors than indoors. If you can get outdoors, you are right away safer than indoors. The, uh, uh, the air is better. Uh, it dilutes the virus out more. The higher levels of humidity are, make it harder for the virus to stay together on surfaces. Um, we may have underestimated how much it's helped, uh, said uh, Ashish Jha, the incoming dean of Brown University School of Public Health. Um, and then the second thing, uh, people are actually doing what we've asked them to do, uh, wearing masks, remaining six feet apart, being careful about what they touch. Um, and this seems to have done a lot of good. Uh, and the frustrating thing is, you know, there there will always in our society there will be people who, no matter what you tell them, uh, will not do it. And this uh, mask has turned into a political statement, uh, a uh, measure of freedom and government intrusion and so forth. Um, some people are confused because initially experts said not to wear masks. Uh, there were not that many masks around. We didn't have all these people making masks. Now we have a surplus of masks. Wear a mask. I mean, you're not going to deprive anybody if you wear a mask. Uh, now, the N95s, that may be a different story, but uh, the kind of mask we're talking about, you can easily get as many as you want. As a matter of fact, there is a surplus. France is trying to figure out what to do now with a surplus of masks. So if you want a mask, wear a mask. And we recommend health matters. The thing we want you to remember is wear a mask. And that seems to be making a difference. Now, I, I've, I was thinking on the way over here. You know, we, we initially said don't, and we said do. And I've seen over and over again my Friends on Facebook, a lot of people who went to my high school, rural high school, they are a tough bunch. They feel that uh, this is a plot, uh, mainly by liberal Democrats, uh, in order to bankrupt the company, country uh, during the Trump administration and keep him from being reelected. It's an incredible plot uh, uh, started in China, every country in the world reporting in on it. But uh, this, uh, uh, the, the severity of this virus has been vastly overstated. It's the flu, nothing more than that, and uh, they have used that to enforce lockdowns and shut down our economy uh, during a Republican administration. you got to give them credit. I mean, they managed to, to the, these conspiracy theorists, if you want to use that term, have managed to get everybody globally on the same page with the same goal. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an impressive narrative. Now, the other part of it is then the mask. The, the scientists don't know what they're talking about. First they said no, then they said yes. And um, I would liken it to a meteorologist. You know, when the meteorologist says it's going to rain on Thursday, and then he says, wait, it's not going to rain on Thursday. It's not like you think, well, what an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. You figure, well, the information changed. Sometimes you do. Yeah. 
But uh, for the most part, we will allow meteorologists to change their mind based on science. Again, the, the weather patterns change. They change their forecast. That's okay with us. In the same way, the more we've looked at this, the more we've realized these masks are really pretty good. And I would encourage our Health Matters uh, uh, radio fans uh, to wear a mask. It turns out this may be the best thing you can do. I mean, you think about it. The, the healthcare workers, they're not crying out for more soap. This virus can be transmitted by uh, uh, touching it and getting it on your hands, but that's not the major method of transmission. That's not why uh, all these healthcare workers have gotten sick and many of them have died. Uh, they wash their hands. They wear gloves. The problem is when it's in the air, it is very, very difficult to take care of people who are sick with COVID-19 and avoid getting sick yourself, and especially if we don't have enough protective equipment uh, to protect them from a respiratory pathogen. But what you're doing day in, day out, uh, short periods inside, uh, brief contact with other people, getting a, a, a mask may be the big deal uh, that is uh, making this work. There are very few super spreader events. When you look at the the places where it's breaking out now, it is nursing homes, it is meat packing plants, it is places where uh, the transmission, uh, where people are forced to be close to each other. It is not roaring through the communities anymore because of the masks and the distancing. So uh, uh, hopefully, uh, we've we we're able to maintain this. Now the one thing is, if the weather did make a difference, and if being outdoors makes a difference then this fall is going to be a difficult time. Well, it's interesting, Tony, because, you know, in Kentucky, it was starting to get really fairly warm. And then about four or five days ago, the temperature really started dropping. And, I mean, it's getting down into the low 50s at night. Uh, during the day, you're lucky to, you know, cap out in 72, 73, 74. I mean, I have been noticed it's noticeably cooler uh, outside, and you have to wonder if people are going to, if it, if it will get more people back inside again. I, I think right now, outside, outside, outside. Uh, they mentioned uh, one, of the, uh, uh, one of the epidemiologists here said uh, uh, the virus will outlast summer. Uh, during the 1918-1919 flu, transmission rates fell in the warmer months only to soar again in the fall. So uh, continue, uh, get yourself a nice uh, uh, palette of masks, different colors, different styles for different occasions. Do what you need to do. Uh, maintain that social distancing. Spend as much time as you can outside uh, because we think that uh, that's going to be a healthy habit for the summer, and then we hopefully we will be ready for next fall. But you don't discount the, that. Dig the bedazzler out of the closet. <laughs> like he is, he's, it's not in the closet. He still has it out. <laughs> Right by the front door, <laughs> so I bring stuff in. It's in uh, his craft. No, room. I can't. I really can't stand for the mask to be any hotter than it is. I mean, you know, I'm I'm putting filters on that. I am. Uh, I don't want anything else on my mask for fashion. I I, I need to breathe, uh, and that's really important. Couple of things that I wanted to add in here uh, about South Korea. South Korea was everyone's model for how to manage COVID nineteen. Uh, I'll just read this. This was uh, back uh, in May. But uh, uh, and I'll update this. But uh, this is what they said in May. On 29th February, South Korea uh, recorded 900 cases of COVID-19. 55 were recorded in England. By mid-May, the United Kingdom was recording over 3,000 cases a day, but there were fewer than 30 cases a day in South Korea. The United Kingdom, at the time this was published, uh, 36,000 deaths. That has uh, uh, 
increased substantially, but there were under 300 in South Korea. So the difference was uh, South Korea rapidly adopted a test, trace, isolate, and treat strategy. They didn't have to close everything down. Uh, they had their population isolate. Um, they said uh, mobile phones were used to dem- disseminate emergency information, such as location of infection hotspots, test results and infection rates available on local and government websites. Um, they moved to early to remote working. Schools closed early in the outbreak. Uh, and then they encouraged widespread wearing a face mask, and it was compulsory. Um, they just said, you have to do this. They uh, had... Um, um, testing services uh, with uh, positive pressure testing booth. That means that the air flowed out of the booth uh, so that the uh, uh, testers only had to replace their gloves between patients so they were able to really get a lot more tests in place. I wonder if the good-looking Rick Phillips, well-coiffed, I might add, after his... Unhugged, un- unhandshook. <laughs> could, could maybe help get us off the air. Special thanks to our Morehead State Public Radio producers, Greg Jenkins and Paul Hitchcock, and to you, Eric Bilbrey, who you wrote our Health Matters theme song, and to you, our loyal radio fans. Remember to show your support for Health Matters by visiting our digital empire. To listen to the show, go to WMKY.org, or visit us on Facebook. Just do a search for HM Radio Show. For our radio crew and the supportive folks at the Northeast AHEC, thanks for listening to our show, and remember these top ten tips to be healthy at Health Matters. Stay healthy at Health Matters. Only turn your radio off for essential tasks, such as shopping for groceries. Avoid crowds and gatherings. If you see a large group of people listening to Health Matters, run away. Practice social distancing. Remain six feet away from your radio while listening to our show. Know when to seek care. Follow your doctor's recommendations if Health Matters makes you nauseated. Visit HM Radio Show on Facebook. Stay up to date with Health Matters recommendations. Wash radios and surfaces. Wash your radio thoroughly after our show. Apply for benefits. There may be someone who will pay you to listen to the radio. You never know. It could happen to you. Prioritize mental health. Maybe you should just not listen to Health Matters at all. Do not travel. The safest place for you and others is in front of your radio. Try not to leave the room while the radio is on. Report noncompliance. If your neighbors are not listening to Health Matters, call the radio station immediately. Whatever you do, do not take Health Matters lying down. Wear a mask. Get out this week, make a healthy change in your life, and tune in next week for more exciting news from the world of medical research on Moorhead State Public Radio. Health Matters on MSPR comes from the Northeast Kentucky Area Health Education Center located at St. Clair Healthcare in Moorhead. Additional information on the Northeast AHEC is available online at neahec.org.